And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You are joined by myself, Lawson. I'm sitting in the studio surrounded by my good friends. we got Brett hey, hey. on the mic getting it done. And, of course, DJ Shell. DJ Shell. Living her best life. You know, Mixing it up. The- <laughs> Mixing it up. It's actually it's actually been good to see you because I'm kind of in a state of like prepared to walk into the studio and you're not here. Um, and yeah, that's right. And that's because you have been perpetually on jury duty, but not Summons. been able to go. <laughs> like uh, deferred, 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 deferred. Oh yeah. well. Oh, it's very, very frustrating because yeah. I've got. Um, uh, the casual lined up to come in and work for me, and then I'm like, send him a message. Sorry, it's been deferred again. Now, now it's this date, and yeah, yeah. yeah. it's happened five times. You've been deferred. Maybe they just don't want you. Maybe they're just like, oh, born in America, Nazi, and then they're like, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, but hey, we'll get it later. Like, we'll try it later. Because you're you're a citizen, right, Shell? I yeah, you can't you, can't do this unless you are. So, that's yeah. right. You're yeah. an Aussie, so like, obviously, you're on the list. You've come up for jury duty, but mm. at the same time, like. You're you're just elusive. That's right. They can't elusive. find you. They're yeah. Just, they're just well. They can. They can. And they know that you're there. And you're actually trying to go. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just not very good at finding. That's it. right. They're yeah. like. <laughs> I, I just keep thinking. Well, it's a, it's a high profile case, so they're obviously got to get all their ducks in a row. And it's better that they do that now. Mm, yeah. So yeah, hopefully have to they'll get out. it together. Yeah, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully. But it's glad we're glad to see you. Despite that, despite yeah. the perpetual, you know, deferment, deferment <laughs> and that we might show up and you might not be here, yeah. we're happy that you're here. <laughs> Thanks. Just, just at some point in the case, say G- DJ Shell mixing it up, yeah. like, like to just yeah. say it <laughs> in the case. Just what the, like, the advertise jury, Faith FM. The jury has come to a decision sponsored by Faith FM. <laughs> that, that, dude, that would be crazy. That would be insane. Oh, we would get cancelled straight away. That would that would yeah. just throw us out. So hey. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Hey, let's have our next quiz question. All right. Question four. After the believers prayed in Acts 4, what happened to the place where they were? So Acts 4, after the believers prayed, what happened to the place where they were? Ah, Their location. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669, that is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win food as medicine. This mm. is such an amazing cookbook. It is big. It is heavy. It is full of mm. awesome recipes. We actually got uh, Denise texting in. She was the winner of not Food as Medicine, but the Revive Cafe cookbook, another cookbook mm. that we have given away on the show before. She says, my Revive Cafe cookbook arrived on Friday. Thanks, Shell. Much appreciated. It's a beautiful presented book. So we, we only mm. give out good prizes here on Faith FM. This is one that you absolutely want. Yeah. And best in the world in 2017. Yeah. It got the best health and nutrition cookbook in the world for 2017 at the pre- prestigious Gourmand World Cookbook Awards. So like you, you could get your hands on one of the best cookbooks in existence in the whole world. Mm. So Let's answer these questions, Absolutely. guys. Let's do it. Guys, we are trying to bless you. Please receive these blessings. Again, that number was 0491-064-669. Send in your answers to that. And again, that question was, after the believers prayed in Acts 4, what happened to the place where they were? That's Zero- the place. That's the building. Yes. Mm. Yep. What happened to that place? Mm. 0491 064669. You're listening to the breakfast show this morning and getting into our Bible study mm. in the Psalms. We're going to be talking about wisdom. And I feel as though when the Psalms or, or this this section of the Bible, you've got Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, mm. the Song of Solomon. This is the wisdom section of 
the Bible, where you know we're not seeing narratives in the Psalms, we're not seeing stories in the Psalms, mm. or we're seeing stories, but people writing about them in poetic form, short recounts yeah. of stories. This is the section of the Bible, you know, and right smack bang in the middle of the Old Testament, mm. in which some of the most famous and wisest men who ever lived would share their perspectives on life, on God, mm. you know, what, what it's about. It's really relatable in some ways, the Psalms, because I, mm. I, I really reckon the Psalms capture the breadth of human emotion mm. across the, the, the heights of like joy and celebration of these great wins and deliverance and also the lows, you know, the, mm. the times where people feel like they're at the bottom of a well and they can't get out and the only place to look is up, yeah. you know, and, and so they're looking to God in this time of desperation. I love that about the Psalms. There's so yeah. much, there's a lot of beauty in there. Yeah, and it's as well powerfully and divinely inspired. Mm. You know, there's a real lack of folly here and a real lack as well of complication. I, I think mm. I said earlier uh, this year on one of the shows, you know, I, I've become acquainted with some writings in Buddhism and whatnot. And the reason mm. is because I did a, I wrote an essay about Buddhism mm. and about Buddha and its, you know, its foundations and where it comes from. Mm. And the amount of complexity in the writing, and, and the simple reason is, is that it's necessitated because they just keep adding more and more stuff mm. in and it just gets more and more hectic about it's messy. it. it, it, it that's, that, that's the point. Mm. It gets me- messy. Mm. Whereas as deep and as complex as God is, mm. the Psalms, we see a concise put together well-ordered construction mm. of their wisdom, their understanding, their knowledge of God, and their personal experience with him. Yeah. There's actually something awesome. There's this paradox in the Bible generally that I really enjoy. I think it's a good one, where the Bible and the idea of salvation, just that whole story of the mm. Bible and like like sin, salvation, all of that, mm. it's simple enough to be understood by a child, mm. but it's complex enough that even the most learned theologians barely scrape the surface over a lifetime dedicated yeah. to studying it. And I love that. I love that paradox that we've got something that is so simple and so easy to apply and yeah. yet something that you can delve deep into for the rest of your life and never never tire. Yeah. You never get sick of it. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, as theology students, like, mm. man, some of these, like, PhD, like, dissertations and theses yeah. that I've written, oh, not written, I'm not doing my PhD, but <laughs> yeah. I've read, I should say, mm. uh, where, you know, you've got someone writing hundreds of thousands of words laboring mm. over the contextual meaning of a single word or a yeah. single letter in Hebrew or something like that. It's really, people are taking the study of the Bible so far because of as they continue to study as they continue to see they're like the deep profoundness of the word of god Mm. Uh, but again that profoundness is found in also it's the fact that it can be concise yeah uh that you know as much as we can write a hundred thousand or hundreds of thousands of words you know we can Mm. write full books on the meaning of one word or whatever it may be also Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me yes. so. Like that all that song that's meant for children to sing mm. wraps up the real gist of what the Bible is. Yeah. Is Jesus came, he died for me, gave his life to save me from mm. sin. Like that, that this is this is what we see. And it's it's amazing. Like my my four year old daughter recently asked mm. me a question just out of left field, like, um, so Jesus died on the cross. How does this cleanse me from sin? Like something like that. And this question. is a four-year-old. And I was like, whoa. Good like, question. Wow. It's amazing. But like little kids can kind of get the gist. They can get the picture of what's going on, mm. um, even at a very young age. And, and that's really cool. 
I love Absolutely. that. I love that there's so much depth in the Bible, but so much simplicity as well. And what you were saying about Buddhism, it's not like we're just adding things on and there's all of these these complexities. I think mm. it's more that the Bible is this consistent narrative that really does flow together and can yeah. be summarized easily, yeah. but delved into at these levels of complexity. So, yeah. Our focus verse for this week is Psalm 90 and verse 12. The Bible says this, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think gaining mm. wisdom is someone that every something that everyone wants. Oh yeah. Why do we need to number our days in order to achieve this? Ooh. What do you what do you think, Brett? Oh man, that is a tricky one. I think on one level we need to like some of our wisdom is overcoming sin yeah. in and of itself mm. and knowing that our time is limited and that that time can be yeah, unexpectedly limited mm-hmm. can actually ground us and can actually help us to realize that no, there is an urgency to this. It's not mm-hmm. like we can just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. We need to number our days. Death can be around the corner. As sad That's as right. that is to think about at you know, any time. There's a beautiful quote uh, coming from an, an Ellen White book. It says, the the science of salvation will be our study for eternity. Mm. We will have eternity to grasp, to grasp, I should say, the total ins and outs and the inner mm. workings of, well, the topic of salvation itself, which is one of the actions of God. You know, I was mm. having a conversation recently with someone about, you know, God and the Trinity, and we're talking about what, what the Godhead looks like yeah. and that kind of thing. And it's like, man, if the, if the science of our salvation will be the study for eternity, how much more... The inner workings of God. Again, salvation oh. is one action of God. The Trinity doctrine is one of those beautiful complexities that I love, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, most of the analogies we use, like like mm. the three forms of water or something like that, that's modalism. Mm. Like that, that, There's all these, we're never quite getting it without yeah. attempts to explain it. But God is so complex and yeah. there's a beauty in that. Yeah, And simultaneously, we, on this earth, limited by both time and... And skill, we need to come to a sense of wisdom. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. God is Mm. calling us to come to an understanding of Him. And I love what you said there, like referencing sin as well, so that we ultimately understand what it is that we need to be saved. Mm. The true purpose of education, this is another another quote from Ellen White, mm. the true purpose of ed- education is redemption. Mm. Um, if yeah. if our education leaves us unredeemed, then it has failed us. And now at the same time, is, is that a problem with the education itself? No, it can be no. a problem with our attitude towards education. Mm. But the true purpose of our education is to lead us to redemption. Mm. Gaining wisdom leads us to better and further appreciate God and who he is. And so again, we need to number our days. We need to take seriously our place before God and Mm. our potential before God as well. I feel feel as though people shirk the responsibility of being educated. And now Mm. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go and get a degree, but of gaining wisdom Mm. in the Bible, of gaining wisdom in God's love and his care and whatnot. We have a responsibility to do this Mm. because there's, well, the mission of salvation, the importance of the mission that God has given us is that important. Mm. It's worth gaining wisdom in. Yeah, well, honestly, education for education's sake can be the other extreme, right? Mm. Because that can become a source of pride. But grounding ourselves in the Bible, numbering our days, focusing on the inspired word of God, mm. does help us, like it guides us towards that wisdom. I think there is a worldly wisdom. Like we, we see the... um. 
the academics, the so-called academics in some cases, coming out with some pretty crazy ideas mm. that, that seem very detached from reality yeah. in some areas of the world, you know, and yeah, in some yeah, topics. Yeah. Um, certainly there's things that just seem very not academic to me in the conclusions that are being drawn, but more social. Mm. Um, and yet, you know, so I think an excess of education is the other risk. We shouldn't just seek education for education's sake, yeah. but education um, in terms of growing closer to God, in terms of building that wisdom. I think wisdom can be different from knowledge in some yeah. ways. Yeah, the Bible also wholeheartedly promotes and advocates, you know, a life of labor and hard work, yes. like, and and the positives that come from that. And I'm particularly thinking of some lines in Ecclesiastes, mm. you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And, yeah. and it, you know, we could also say that, oh, that's in the academic realm too, but we also have practical needs that are mm. very worth, you know, fulfilling and and making need of and Mm. and whatnot so it's 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 great that we can that we can do so but yeah Yeah. whether whether you're a an electrician or a plumber or a professor or whatever it may be Mm. like the responsibility and the onus is on all of us Mm. to gain wisdom and understanding in the realm of god and like like the lord tells us come let us reason together right and at the end of the day there is there is something great in being able to do that so we shouldn't like I don't think we should be passive, but mm. I want to say as an encouragement that not having complete understanding like, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes yeah. it's good to sit with doubt to be able to not understand something, but the, the, the crux of the matter, the important thing, is walking in faith. Yes. You know, being able to trust what God is who he, said he is, mm. says he is. Even if some concepts are hard to get ahead around. You mentioned the Trinity earlier. Like mm. that, that is a complex subject. Mm. It is. It's hard to understand exactly how they the, the components of the Godhead relate to each other. Mm. But... We can take that on faith yeah. and know that you know Jesus Christ was God and that he came and died yeah. on the cross for our sins and that because of that we are saved. And like, yeah. I think there's a beauty in that, being able to walk in faith, even with our doubts, even with our questions. And the Psalms really emphasize that. Yeah, and because it points to a future in which we will come to a greater understanding yes. as well. I think of First Corinthians, uh, I believe it's First Corinthians 13, the love chapter, mm. where it says, you know, for now we, wa- we behold in a mirror dimly, uh, but then face to face. You know, it's, and this is describing the experience of we don't have a complete or full understanding at the moment. I think mm. God has shed some very clear light on a number of topics, and oh, we have the ability to live up to the light he has shed. Mm. Uh, but right now we see through a mirror dimly. Yeah, you know it's, uh, you know, and I, I think that word there, mirror. You know, I, I'm thinking of like I get, I either think of like a like an old old telescope. You mm. know, it's all like a, a mirror dimly. It's like a dusty mirror where yeah. it's like you can barely kind of make out yourself, or you know, you can see someone through like a dirty window or something yeah. like that. You or can, even looking in a mirror at nighttime. You yeah, know, you get the idea of what it looks like, but it's not. Perfect. You just see shadows, it's, right? Yeah. Um, and this is how the Bible even describes a lot of the a lot of the things it's given us to understand and, and have wisdom of. You know, mm. it's uh, for example the sanctuary services. Mm. It, it describes them as a shadow of things to come, yes. and, and it's we can see that say the sanctuary services were fulfilled in Christ. It's like, yes. okay, that's a more real form. It gives us a, a kind of overarching version of that mm. or mm. A, a way of that in regard to our complete understanding of Christ and knowledge of salvation, knowledge of God. Mm. It says that, yeah, that will only, you'll only come to some level of fulfillment of that mm. in heaven. Yeah. But despite that, can we still trust? Can we still walk? Yes. And the and answer I think it's, is absolutely. It's important in that to still try to seek understanding mm. because to see in that mirror as clearly as we can while we can because I do think our doctrines and our ways of understanding God do clarify 
they, they, they really help show us what his character is mm. and who he is and what he's doing for us. Mm. And, you know, I think like part of the reason that we're Protestants is yes. that we, the yeah. Protestant Reformation believed that certain aspects of Roman Catholic doctrine were mm. undermining or um, sh- casting a shadow on the beauty of the gospel and the yeah. beauty of God's word. Yes. And um, so, you know, there, there is an importance in striving for that understanding, mm. but there is an encouragement in that through our faith, we're saved. God's got us despite it all. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's cool. So then there is this onus on us to gain in wisdom, to gain in knowledge. Mm. The question is, well, how? Like, mm. how? You know, where where do we stand? How do we? How are we able to do this? Mm. Psalm 119, the longest psalm mm. in the Psalms, gives us, I think, real clarity on this. And I I love Psalm 119. You know, there's the novelty of the fact that it's long, mm. but the reason that it's long is because every single verse in Psalm 119 points to well, we'll see. Let's just read it. Let's yeah. we'll, we'll pick up on the common theme here. Let's start in verse 1, Psalm 119 and verse 1, and let's just read through to verse 8. Let's do it. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then... I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with the uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgment, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Okay. Oh, this mm. is this is epic. Every single verse here has a reference in some way to the Word of God. Mm. Uh, and now we see them, you know, often like categorized in the beginning here as law, commandments, precepts, yeah. statutes, way. Uh, you know these different words mm. for for this for ultimately because when the word commandment was used, mm. uh, there would also be like that connection there. When the word commandment came up, it would be for, in the Jewish mind the connection back to the Torah, yeah. back to those first five books of the Bible that were ready readily available, mm. you know, at this time. And then ev- the eventual canonization of the Old Testament came a fair bit after David, you mm. know, the rest of the Old Testament with the prophets and whatnot, because mm. that was unfolding in his very life. Yeah, but still pointing to an uplifting scripture. Right? That's right. Yeah. This is this is the real center of this. It's like, mm. again, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law, law of the Lord. Mm. Like this, this first verse gives us the outset for the rest of, Mm. Psalm 119. Uh, it lays out exactly what takes place. It's, hey, there is a blessing from doing this particular thing. Yeah. And doing this particular thing has been stated in some way in God's word. Yeah. It's, it, or is reflected in God's word in, in some way. Or 100%. come to an understanding of it in some way in God's word. Let's actually, mm. let's continue to read. Let's pick it up in verse 9 and we'll read through to verse 16. Let's do it. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Mm. I love that ending. I will not forget your word. I will not forget your word. And again, we can say... You know, the novelty of Psalm 119 is mm. that it's the longest psalm. But oh, yeah. why is it the longest psalm? Is because David felt such a compulsion that the psalm that he would write about the importance of God's word 
would be the one containing the most encouragement, mm. the, well, the most amount of words. He's like, guys, like... God's word and having it in your life, having it working in your heart, having mm. this connection with it is so important that I will dedicate most of my, the most time that I can to writing mm. this psalm, and more than any other psalm, uh, yeah. any other you know psalm that was you know six verses or ten verses or twenty verses or thirty verses. Yeah, it's hundreds of verses. Hundred and seventy six. Hundred and seventy six verses yeah. because he's like, guys, I need to communicate to you the importance of acquainting yes. yourself with God's word. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now, it is time for our final quiz question for today. Final quiz question. This is a fill-in-the-blank question, and it's from a verse in the Bible, a verse sound, uh, a verse found rather in one John chapter four. It goes like this: Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be blank for our sins. So once again, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be blank for our sins. So fill in that word, guys. What is that missing word? What is that blank? 0491-064-669. That verse is found in 1 John chapter 4. I'll accept several different answers because there are so many different um, uh, words that are used Mm. in different translations. Translations. But we're basically after the essence of the thought of what um, that is, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 0491 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. And you'll go into the draw, of course, to win Food Mm. as Medicine. Food as Medicine. Like a fantastic cookbook that you need. And, of course, as always, comes with the promise that if you win this cookbook... We get to come to your house and you get to cook for us. Yep. That's absolutely that's that's what we're about. Hey. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We've been talking about the word of God. We just got a text mm. message in from Suzanne. She writes, Loving this study. Second Timothy two fifteen also comes to mind. And I've got this verse in front of me here. It says do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Mm. I love that. Uh, there, there is a, a lack of shame that comes in rightly handling the word of truth, yeah. you know, in feeling confident in what God's word says and mm. not being ashamed by his word in, in the mm. sense of, oh, being unsure. But you know, as a person who cherishes it in their heart and, and who has studied it, who has come conclusions on mm. it, we have the ability to divide, to share, to teach yeah. uh, without ashamedness. And it would also be Timothy in that same book who would write a chapter later. This is a powerful passage here. It says, mm. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, mm. that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm. We see modern movements in Christianity based on, for some reason, they say, oh, Jesus, you know, now that Jesus has come, mm. uh, the need and the onus to, to, to get to know God's word and the importance of God's mm. word, you know, it's ah, it's just a an old book. It's mm. a, you know, it's yeah, it was the scripture for some people, but for some reason, uh, amongst more progress- progressive Christians, there mm. is a, a push away against just the solidness of God's word and what it yeah. is. Whereas, no, like <laughs> God's word is foundational to our yeah. understanding. It doesn't the meanings of God's word or the meaning of God's word doesn't change with time and culture. No. It's it's timeless. It's beautiful. It's, it's truth. Love that. Yeah. And I, I love what we were talking about with, with shame as well, because mm. like, 
that's that's the beauty about Christianity in so many ways. Like we are cleansed, we are justified by faith, and therefore we don't need to languish in shame. And the opposite of shame, I, I really, I don't think the opposite of shame is pride. So that doesn't mm. mean we become prideful. I think rather pride is often a, a source of mm. shame mm. because if you're if you're clinging to all the things you think are wonderful about yourself, falling short of that, as we all inevitably mm. do as humans, is a source of shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we are actually by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by keeping our eyes on the Lamb that was slain. Yeah. We, we are given the antidote to shame. That's right. That's a beautiful thing. I think the opposite of shame in this case is faith. Mm. Shame comes from despair. Shame mm. comes from uh, not being able to see or understand how it is that you could come out of your particular situation mm. and feeling stuck and and you know broken and just trapped mm. Mm. in this certain situation or struggle that you're going through. And I think the opposite of that is faith. And as the Bible says, Romans 10, 17, mm. so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. Mm. Like faith, our understanding of who God is, our trust in him yeah. comes from an acquaintance with his word. Yeah. And we see kind of that faith expressed as we continue on in Psalms 119. Let's skip all the way down to towards the end. Uh, 161, uh, mm-hmm. verse 161 in Psalm 119. If you can pick it up there and, and just read to you know the end of that section. Let's do it. So princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. And I I love this here. You know, princes persecute me without a cause, mm. but my heart stands in awe of your word. Yeah. Despite the difficulties that I'm finding myself in, your word is, you know, far transcendent mm. and has, you know, wh- whether it be advice, whether it be wisdom, whether it be mm. a way or direction or, or comfort mm. in my time of need, that your word is, is functioning to help me overcome even the most difficult, mm. you know, uh, circumstances that I find myself in. Yeah. And I love that the heart is at the center of it. Like mm. this this isn't legalism in mm. the strict sort of oppressive sense. This is like a love of God's word, a love of God's law, a desire to do it because it's ultimately for our own benefit. Yes. Right? It's not it's not legalism um, in the oppressive sense, like legalism is actually a political philosophy. Mm. Um, I, I'm thinking I used to be a history teacher. Ancient China, the first emperor of China, Qin Shi Huang, mm. uh, he was an advocate of legalism. And legalism mm. as a political philosophy over there um, basically assumed that people were so, so evil, like innately, that the best way to keep them in line was to make them fear. So mm. the most minor transgressions were punished cruelly and harshly, mm. and that, that would keep them in line through fear. That's not what God's law is like. Mm-mm. God's law is actually meant to uplift us, yeah. to rise us up, and it actually is, it aligns with the very best um, of what we can be. And, and so our, our heart should love the law yeah. in that it draws us closer to him. Yeah, seven times a day I praise you because, you're, because of your righteous judgments. Mm. 
again, judgment is a word that among many Christians can often be a bit dirty. It's mm. like, oh, God's judgment? Like, is this something that we should be promoting? Is this something that we should mm. be talking about? Is this turning people away from God because it's like, oh, God judges them? No, yeah. it's, we see the proof of a loving and logical mm. and caring and complete God because of judgment. Yeah. Because simultaneously, as much as a non-believer could shirk judgment. They also shirk the idea, and, and this comes up, you know, talk to some some real hardy Aussie guys, mm. you know, and, and and I remember being, I would have been 18 years old, I was a brand new Christian, I was going to a Bible school, mm. and I was at, uh, at you know, I, I was at this house with, again, this non-Christian guy, this, mm. this tradie, and the classic question came up, you know, if God exists, then why does this, you know, why do pedophiles exist? Like, why do these bad mm. people, why do murderers happen? Why do people mm. like, it's like, hey, that is a fantastic question. And we talked about the idea of freedom of choice and mm. risk and all that stuff. And I said, hey, but buddy, the good news is that God, God is here to judge. Yeah. Like this is and that's so, the mercy in judgment that's isn't right. it? that eventually all this sin needs to be done away with. Done away with. But there's a mercy in the fact that God's also given us a lot of time. Yeah, he, he's we've got a number of our days. We've got a we number of our days because there is an end. There is mm. an end point. Mm. Um, but yeah, God has God's judgment is ultimately a mercy in and of itself. And yeah. the extension of time, the grace period given between that judgment, I guess, before that judgment, is also a mercy. Mm. And I love speaking of mercy. This last mm. section in Psalm 119. Let me cry. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Let me un- let give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. And then the last verse here it says, "I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your mm. servant, for I do not forget your commandments." You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now we are. Not asking any questions, just giving answers. Mm. So let's go through them. Time for answers. Mm. So the first question was true or false. The Gospel of Mark begins, in the beginning was the Word. That is actually false. That is the Gospel of John, not the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark actually begins with the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mm, yeah, absolutely. As is written in the prophets. Yeah. <laughs> it, and, of course, John, the famous beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was word with, with God, God, and the Word, word was God. God. Like, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you got that one wrong, sorry, read yeah. the Bible. I, I think that's the case <laughs> of a lot of these is sorry, read the Bible. And but a great place to start, like the Gospels. The, the Gospel of John is an amazing place to start. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Number two, King Saul and the Apostle Paul, who used to be called Saul, were both from which tribe? The answer is actually Benjamin. So that was D in our quiz, Benjamin. So, yeah, that you can find that in 1 Samuel 9, 1-2, and Philippians 3-5. Both of the souls in the Bible were from the tribe of Benjamin. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and both of them from Benjamin, and both of them had very different outcomes in their life as yes. well. Yeah, kind of opposite when you think That's about right. it. That's right. We see one who is esteemed full low, mm. and we see one who is, well, you could say esteemed as well, but, yeah, he was certainly entrusted with a lot of authority by yeah. the by the Jewish establishment. But he certainly his impact yeah. is felt like Paul is the reason that the the West is at least historically predominantly Christian. Yeah, you know Paul's impact is right. is ma- magnificent. We see both of these people, you know, entrusted with with great responsibilities and duties. Mm. One trended away from heaven, and the other trended towards heaven. Yeah, uh, Which is, yeah, the tale of two souls. Surely mm. there's a sermon there. 
that surely that, that's that's, that a, is a, good that's a book title. To, I vibe with that write. title, A Tale of Two Souls. Wow. I like it. Oof. Yeah. Uh, number three in the book Song of Solomon, chapter two, the woman compares herself to what flower of Sharon, as well as the lily of the valley. And the answer is rose. It's actually straight there at the start of Song of Solomon. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Ah, amazing. Mm. Okay. That's, ah, oh, I love, dude, that is, so there's a, for those listening, maybe you're a, you're a, not up with the Gen Z slang at the moment, mm. but, and it's kind of going out now because of the overexposure to it, but there's a word that describes like someone's ability to like, th- their game or their, mm. their ability to flirt, you know, their ability <laughs> to like, to be romantic, and it's called Riz. Mm. And dude, this is Riz right here. Like, <laughs> like that opening of the Song of Solomon, chapter two. You know that, that she's she's a she's a rose. She's a lily of the valley. Like that's, yeah. that that is that will. I believe that that women like being talked to like that. And so, and and I, I've I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. Mm. So I, I think that yeah. If you yeah. if if you're out there, if you're listening this morning, you're like, oh man, how do I? How do I? Uh, you know how can how can I how can I find myself a, a woman after God's heart? Uh, yeah, think about incorporating some of that language, but don't do it in a creepy way. We don't want to. Yeah, you know, we don't want you to just walk around to every uh, single girl at church and just start spouting out lines of Song of Solomon. You know, do yeah. it tactfully. Do it there, tactfully. There, there's some interesting Build ones. Build some social rapport. Like, um, uh, just to briefly mention Song of Solomon seven verse four. This is one that I'd, I'd recommend not using as a flirtatious uh-huh. method. Thy neck is as a tower of ivory. Thine eyes like fish pools in Heshbon. By the gate of Bathrabin, thy nose is as the Tower of Lebanon, which looketh toward Damascus. You know, I w- probably won't work. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I'll try it. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll Shell really doesn't like it. Yeah. But, you I'll know, try it on I, my wife when I get home, see if it works. Yeah, dude. I, I yeah. think it's Riz. I think, you know, there's a context. There's a time and place, like, where, <laughs> you know, even if it's maybe just funny. Like That's being true. funny, being funny and goofy. I think I think girls like that. You know, yeah, if okay. you can if you can make you know make light of stuff. I know that Solomon said this in a very like romantic context, and that's but, true. That's yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. So like maybe it just wouldn't hit the same because we don't know. Maybe the, <laughs> the Tower of Lebanon is shaped like the most beautiful nose in existence. <laughs> it's I, I don't actually know. short. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. Hey, um, we got a few more. Let's, let's keep going. moving through. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number four. After the believers prayed in Acts four. What happened to the place where they were? It was shaken. It was yeah, shaken. the Holy Spirit descended, and mm. and man, they 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 felt it. Yeah, they prayed for boldness, and yeah, it was the whole place they was shaken. Mm. Yeah, and number five, fill in the blank. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be blank for our sins. That's found in one John four ten. And there's a few words we could use. We could say propitiation, atonement, reconciliation take our place, substitute. It's one of these words that's translated differently in a few different versions, mm. but really it means the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, propitiation, atonement, reconciliation, take our place or substitute. Basically, God sent his son to be a substitute for our sins. Mm. Absolutely. I love the word propitiation. That's that's mm. my favorite out of these words to, to throw in, a substitute. Mm. It's beautiful, and that's what God is. The wrath of God was poured out onto Jesus, onto himself. Mm. He took the penalty for our sin, and so he was just yet also gracious and merciful. We mm. had a text come in from Catherine. She said, uh, I've come into the program a bit late. 
Um, Katharina. Katharina, I should say. Um, are there other questions that need answering? Well, we went through them just there. We went through mm. the answers for the different questions. And those questions are dispersed right throughout our show. So if you just yeah. join late and maybe you heard one of the questions, if you join us from the beginning of the show, 7 a.m., mm. that's when we, you know, at the beginning of each segment, we have a question there. Mm. And the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you have to get into the draw for our amazing prize, Food as Medicine. Yeah. But guys, thank you for playing the quiz today. Thank you for mm. sending in answers on this beautiful Monday morning. Yeah. And please test out the Song of Solomon flirtation methods yes, and text absolutely. us and tell us how it goes. Yeah. Hey, let it let us know. Song of Solomon reads. Let's give it a go. <laughs> That's so good. Mate, we've gotten to the end of the show. We've just been racing through. Time always flies. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. But hey, God is good and we have a whole week of shows coming up. Mm. You know, this is just Monday morning. So thank you so much guys for listening, mm. for playing the quiz. As usual, when we get to the end of the show, we give away something completely and absolutely for free. And I've got a book that I want to give away here. It is called Origin of the Self-Centered by Glenda Jackson. Mm. Uh, and it, let me read a little bit of the blurb here. It says, Our ability to live relationally while exercising free will has traditionally been a challenging conundrum. Now, mm. from the outset, like this is getting at the heart of our problems. Oh, like yeah. this is what sin is. Having free will, but impeding mm. on other free wills. Yeah. Impe- impeding on others' free will, like hurting other people through that. And it's just getting into, well, how does the what does the Bible say? about this? What is the mm. direction that the Bible points? How does God solve this problem of the fact that because of our free will, we hurt each other? Mm. We'll see. Uh, and a bit of a spoiler on the answer. He, we, Our free will t- stays intact, mm. which is a fantastic thing to know and understand. And that's what this book is getting at. Look, mm. this book, we're giving it for free. You don't need to answer any questions. You just need to be the first person to text through the word book at 0491-064-669. Again, that's 0491-064-669. Yeah. And hey. Guys, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks for coming in, Brett. Absolute pleasure. Uh, We're really blessed to have you. And of course, guys, we have amazing programming coming up. But remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.